0: Today on the Beginner Photography Podcast. The number one reasons that families resist booking professional photography is the parents' fear of being embarrassed by their own children. It's amazing how much you can create in 20 minutes um, with, when you have a set purpose and you're not just trying to create who knows what. And everyone leaves with a taste in their mouth that's good.
1: Welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast. Today, we're going to learn how to build our portfolios with mini sessions. So let's get into it.
0: Welcome to the Beginner Photography Podcast, a weekly podcast for those who believe that moments matter most and that a beautiful photo is more than just a sum of its settings. A show for those who want to do more with the gear they have to take better photos today. And now, your host, Raymond Hatfield.
1: Oh, welcome back, all of my photo friends, to this episode of the Beginner Photography Podcast Uh, I am Raymond Hatfield, your host as always, and today we have quite an exciting interview with you. It is with a return guest, Philip Bloom. Now, if you don't know who the Blooms are, uh, you've probably been living under a rock. If you've been in the photography community for any sort of time, Philip and Eileen Bloom are like some of the most well-respected educators in the field of photography. Um, And their story goes to show that, you know, you can literally – Be, you know, dead broke down to your last dollar and turn things around and be able to turn your photography business into, you know, something that's easily bringing in six figures. You have a studio um, and it can create the life that you want. But, you know, uh, it takes work and they know exactly how to tell you how to do that. So that's what we're going to get into today. But it's not all about business. One thing uh, that Philip and Eileen are very well known for is talking about the power of mini sessions. And mini sessions are something that can kind of have a bad name, which I'm sure that you know and maybe, you know, you'll hear in this interview. Um, But they've been able to take them and, uh, you know, turn them into a, a cornerstone in their business. But in the beginning, they used minis to build their portfolio. Right. So what better time than. Or what better opportunity than to get a bunch of people in front of your camera, uh, shoot a bunch of photos, you know, all in one day and be able to build your portfolio. So even if you're not using mini sessions as a revenue generator um, and you're just looking to shoot, you know, either for fun or you're just getting started, uh, this is a great way to build out your portfolio to be able to take you exactly where you want to go. So that is what we are going to be focused on here today. All right. With that, let's go ahead and get on into this interview with Philip Bloom right now. You know, Philip, you have you and your wife Eileen have shot weddings kind of all over the place, all over the country, over the world, by right? different countries. You've spoke about making a living as a photographer, as an artist in some of the industry's biggest stages like WPPI, Imaging, Shutterfest. You've even spoke on Creative Live and on the TEDx stage. But you started out as just a, a, a high school teacher. Is that right? It was high school? Did I get that right?
0: Yes, that's right. I was, I was teaching 11th and 12th grade literature, so British and American lit. Uh, <laughs> that's that's and...
1: literally my nightmare. That's literally my nightmare. <laughs> Not only being I... in that class, but having to teach that class. <laughs> but getting to that point, can you kind of remind me and fill me in as far as like how, how you transitioned you know, from that and how you got started into photography to get to where you are today?
0: Yes, absolutely. So our our whole photography journey was a surprise in a sense. I think it's th- that part of the story that almost anyone listening right now, we, we probably can relate to each other uh, on the sense that uh, we, we get into photography um, as a hobbyist, as a dreamer. We just enjoy it as therapeutic. It's something we enjoy personally. Um, and then for a lot of us who are in the very early stages or have well into our businesses, somehow that became a business for us. And some, somehow, um, you know, some of us are maybe in that honeymoon stage where we're living our dream, where we're running a business that earns some money, maybe not much at the beginning, but at least we're earning money doing what we love. Or past that honeymoon phase, maybe you're starting to realize this work is overwhelming and the business is taking over, uh, you know, my love for photography. I'm only able to do photography 15% of the time. (laughs) And the rest of our business is business. Um, so that was, that's kind of how Eileen and I, uh, experienced the start of our business. I was teaching high school. She was a barista at Starbucks. We were newlyweds. Uh, so it was really, um, it was kind of a, a, a time in our history where we were just looking at the world through rose colored glasses. And, uh, looking back now, we realize how slim our margins were, how, how close to not making our bill payments each month we were, but we were living on love um, at that point. Uh, Just had just married. And the funny thing was that we had both had an interest in photography. Um, Eileen was that friend. She was known as that friend who's always responsible for taking the pictures at events and uh, for the college ministry that she's part of and all these things. And I had actually studied it in school. So uh, one of my degrees Was in journalism, but the focus under that degree was photojournalism, Um, and so I really didn't know I didn't know where photography was going to take me. Um, I was studying writing as well as the photography side, and most of my professors who I really respected said, Philip, stay away from the photography. You're not that good at it." (laughs) (laughs) They're like, "You're great at writing. Stick to writing." (laughs) Uh, So maybe I should have taken their advice. I don't know. I'm happy where we are um, now. But it was certainly, it was certainly quite a journey to get here in terms of real struggle. And I know for a fact that uh, all you know, probably almost anyone tuning into this podcast right now, if they haven't gotten there yet, um, will experience that struggle because it's just part of life. But it was hard when we first started. Um, basically, a friend asked us to photograph her wedding. Well, she asked us to email her some of our portfolio, actually just to make sure it was good enough um, for her to hire us on the cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, I had photographed weddings for a couple of friends during college, really just as a, as a wedding gift, as a favor. And so she wanted to see some of those pictures and see if she could hire us for maybe $1,500 to shoot her wedding. Uh, And we thought that's, I imagine that like, imagine if someone would pay us 1500 bucks. That'd just be like newlywed, uh you know extra spending money for the whatever yeah. fund we can have <laughs> no uh, more ramen so tonight we're going to Red, Red lobster <laughs> yeah.
1: hilarious so 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 go on so once we you know you, you you sent over this portfolio what'd you say
0: well she she hired us <laughs> we shot that wedding um we probably spent more in and resources and time to to make it happen than what we got paid but it was a great, it was nonetheless, it was a great experience. Oftentimes it's worth starting out that way. Um, maybe even shooting for nothing because the experience we gained was really important. Um, but, uh, she was, she hired us. That was the first wedding that Eileen and I photographed together. Um, the funny thing is Eileen, and I hope everyone, if they're thinking about using their photography for a business kind of realizes that you need different personality types to make a business work. If it's not, if it's not a husband and wife duo, you have to find a partner or hire someone who can do certain things that you're not great at. So for me, um, I loved, I love the human interaction. I I, I can really, um, I think I can sell people on confidence that we're going to give you a great experience and they know I'll come through for them on that experience. Um, Eileen is the detail oriented person. And so She's also just a perfectionist. So when I asked her to email those pictures to our friend as as a portfolio to view, she instead hacked together a little website. And now this is back in what, 2007, 2008?
1: Not easy to do.
0: So yeah, it's not just like click and drag software that's available. So she's pretty brilliant. She trained herself real quick and she made a simple online portfolio and that basically... I think the timing was good because not a lot of people were just in the yellow pages still. They weren't figuring out the website thing, um, so we started getting so many inquiries um, that we we very quickly went full time. Which sounds exciting. It sounds like the dream. Like oh, how lucky you you struck gold at the right time in the dawn of the internet age. But in reality, it was almost our undoing. It was almost our destruction the fact that we, we became so busy and felt, we felt confident to leave our full-time jobs and jump full-time into photography right away. We had to, we had too much work. Um, but it was financially very, very, uh, disastrous at first, for sure. Just
1: because you were charging lower than what you needed to, to
0: survive. Absolutely. Right. So, I mean, our, to, to us, the pinnacle of successful photography and kind of, um, Winning accolades and the esteem of your peers and everything, all of that had sort of came together in wedding photography, which happened to be, you know, who our first client was a wedding ph- photography lead. So we're like, we have this one wedding, you know, plus the couple that I shot during co- college. We already have this working portfolio. And these people in the photography world who we really admire and just look up to, they're wedding photographers and they're doing awesome. Um, you know, just killing it and maybe we'll be rich and famous like them one day. They're so cool. They were rock stars in our eyes. Um, And so we didn't we didn't think the second thing about the doing the math or looking at uh, kind of a business plan to us. the, The numbers just sounded bigger than anything we had ever earned before. And we had no sense, no experience to tell us how much was going to be asked of us, how much we had to invest in, in terms of time and money to keep a business going. And so by the time we had already booked up all these weddings on the cheap, it was very easy to book the weddings at the low <laughs> the low cost that we were offering. Um, and yeah, we, it, we basically, we were newlyweds. We spent every waking moment together because we're working together. But our relationship just completely – it kind of ended in a way. Like we were just – we were on separate computer monitors, staring into those monitors um, hour after hour into the night, trying to keep up on edits, falling behind, stressed out, Um, no time to build our relationships, our friendships, our time with our family. All of that just dissolved because if anyone ever asked, called, and said, you know, we want to get together, there was no time for that anymore. So pretty soon – Friends just stopped calling because they knew mm-hmm. the answer would always be no. So it was a really um, low point in our life. Um, but also, once we realized we couldn't afford, our bank was all of a sudden getting lower and lower instead of higher, and we couldn't afford our mortgage in the coming months. We we couldn't afford trash pickup. We would <laughs> we would literally collect our trash out in our carport throughout the week and then throw it into the back of our uh, our Jetta and drive it to the dump uh, on my uh, way into town once a week and our car just smelled like garbage that's wow we kind of were like what else how much lower can we sink when you, right. our life smells like garbage
1: <laughs> our life smells like garbage so what was it that turned it around for you Remember, mastering photography settings is a journey, and this guide is your first step and the perfect resource to guide you towards finding the right settings for your style. So grab your copy today at perfectcamerasettings.com and start your journey to better photos.
0: It was the, it was kind of a come to Jesus moment where we realized we're at the end of our rope uh, financially. uh, we we finally reached a, a kind of a, a, hit rock bottom in the sense of everything I described, our relationship just wasn't growing. Um, but really also just tragedy kind of struck home for us as a newlywed couple when we were expecting our, to grow our family. Um, and those plans, uh, just didn't come to fruition the way we hoped. And so we're, we're kind of in a place where we love, we loved photography. There was a time when we loved photography and it, It seems to us like it wasn't that long ago. We were like a year and a half into our business, maybe two years. And we're looking back and thinking, man, photography seemed really fun a couple years ago. Um, At this point, we just don't care if this fails. Um, If it fails, I'll go back to teaching high school. You can go back to, you know, mixing drinks at Starbucks. Those aren't, maybe maybe it's not called mixing drinks. That's a different kind of (laughs) bartending. (laughs) But uh, I get you know, it, making though, yeah. specialty, <laughs> she she probably mixed a little in on those bad days at work uh, <laughs> to just to feel better. Uh, but uh, we just knew we have one last shot at this, and so what we decided was we're going to stop trying to be artists. We had for two years tried to be artists and be creative with our business, run everything. We made it up as we went along, and this is the nutty thing. So this will shock everyone, and they'll see just how stupid I am. <laughs> Um, Raymond, I may have mentioned this to you before, but Eileen has a business degree. Eileen went to school and studied business. Um, she kind of created her own major, which was graphic design plus business. But just as young, dewy-eyed kids, we just thought that we could reinvent the wheel. And so we decided, OK, stop for a second. We're not going to try anything new. We're going to go back onto the tried and true, boring, academic, financial principles of running a business, the marketing psychology. Um, And even though we knew that thing in a textbook sense, because she learned it through textbooks, it was still a whole nother level of learning once you start putting it into practice. So it was still a little bit scary, Um, but we decided we're just going to trust the process, what experts and successful people have been teaching for hundreds of years and see if it works in this modern era. uh, When we thought that internet and social media was all we needed as it turns out, um, those old, moldy business practices that Eileen learned at business school are based in human nature. And so they never get old and they work really well. Um, and we applied them. We couldn't apply them to our wedding photography because we were booked out You know, a year and a half. Our calendar was full of low-paying weddings. Mm-hmm. We We had no money today. And so there's no way we were going to be able to start testing it and see if this business process worked. Um, we weren't going to survive that long. And so this, that, this was the nutty thing we did was we decided to take the worst genre in the photography world, which is many sessions. Um, many sessions have ruined many a photography business because, uh, because of the traditional model that everyone uses, it is a kind of a low ball, um, bare bones experience, as little service as possible, and just uh, as little cost as possible. And hope. hopefully we can just, uh, it's kind of like, um, what is that website, Raymond, where you you kind of uh, try to get the best deals group, groups come together? and
1: Oh, is it Groupon? Is group, that it? Groupon.
0: Okay. Yeah. So a, a mini session strategy generally is like your own personal Groupon. You're just trying to get a bunch of people to take part in it so you can make a few bucks. And it right. will just about kill you. Mm-hmm. The amount of you don't realize how much effort it takes to serve that many clients uh if you're just doing it willy nilly, so many demands, so many questions, so many needs that every client has um, you don't make it easier on yourself by charging less. you just grow your business, and it's exactly a replica of what we did wrong with weddings,
1: right, right,
0: so we thought what okay, so we're gonna do something very different and spoil the spoiler here is we we applied crazy solid business principles to try to fix the mini session system. And it freaking worked like (laughs) it worked. Um, That was our test case. We had a, we had a weekend of mini sessions that we planned and we're just going to try to apply everything we possibly know about business as just as an experiment, see what happens. And we made $8,000 that first weekend that we experimented with this mini sessions plan. Wow. Um, and it wasn't because we had eight thousand clients who, yeah. you know, each paid a dollar. We had a few, just a very small number of clients. We had energy left over, you know, even after the mini sessions event was over. Um, but what we had was a, a a business structure that gave people a great experience, attracted the right clients, and really communicated to them the value of print. And we had these huge print orders um, was the result. And so that's why that number was so high. And it changed, that changed our lives because we could, although we continued to do weddings, we applied what we learned to our weddings and quickly changed to be like a 10,000 more luxury wedding photography studio. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was great because we could just shoot a few weddings that we really wanted to each year. But many sessions, we actually decided we love, especially as our family did begin to grow finally. We did have our first child and our second and adopted our third. Um, we wanted, just as our business evolved, we wanted to not have to travel the world every weekend, as fun as that had been, um, and just shoot in our backyard and be able to make like a luxury wedding photographer's income by serving people who lived around us uh, and be home with our kids. So it was, it was such a, it was like a miracle for us. It was an answer to prayer.
1: That's so great to hear because I think, you know, a lot of people, especially new photographers, they probably get into mini sessions for like one of two reasons. One, to just drum up quick um, business because it's a low price offering. You feel like you're going to bring in a bunch of people. And then two, it seems like in theory it should be less work. You know, it's not a wedding. It's a short amount of you know a, a time. You don't have to deliver that much. Like this all sounds wonderful. But as you said, I mean, I've... You know, uh, personally spoke with other photographers who have said this is so much harder than I expected, or we didn't get people to sign up, and we had to make other things work, or it just, you know, kind of became a bust. Uh, So I love to hear that, you know, obviously, you had massive success with mini sessions. And I'm excited to talk about the the business aspect of the mini sessions here shortly. But I want to talk about kind of the other aspects first for maybe those who are just getting started in photography, who are looking to build their portfolio, you know, as you said, in the beginning, you needed that portfolio to send to that potential client to get that first wedding that you had, you know, and if you didn't have that portfolio, you might not have booked it, you might not be here today. So having a portfolio is something that is important to do. So let's talk about using minis as a way to build your portfolio. Is that is that even reasonable to to think of for somebody who's new to photography?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's the you know, the wonderful thing about uh, minis is minis are wonderful things. They, uh, as Tigger would say, right? They, uh, you can tell I'm a dad first and a <laughs> Tigger for a second. Uh, uh, really, mini sessions uh, do sort of within their molecular makeup have some really serious advantages, um, which is why it's so nice when you apply the right business structure to them, but just in and of itself. Um, you know, the, and I will sort of given a, a definition of what for, for Eileen and me, what is a mini session? Um, because there is so much value in that. Um, and simply put a, a, a mini session is, um, you know, one of the main elements is just that it's short on time, right? So our mini sessions run uh, 20 minutes. That's, that's the way our mini sessions are advertised. And of course we have the freedom to over deliver. Um, over delivery is such an important part of running a, a, an experiential business um, that people feel like you have over delivered um, expectations that the what leads to the frustration in any human being so frustration is caused by unmet expectations. And the last thing you want is customers who feel frustrated who feel a lack of trust in you as a company, uh, you have to be professional. Um, So the easiest way to present yourself that way is to always surpass expectations. And if you start um, by under promising, you know, our sessions, our mini sessions are 20 minutes. um, And then it becomes very easy to over deliver. And so a lot of us, and, you know, I've seen this over and over again, even among educators since we've been teaching for uh, almost a decade now and, and heard so many people speak um, in relation to different genres. Uh, I remember sitting in a classroom with a, uh, a really amazing, um, photographer whose work I love. Um, but he talked about how, how he did engagement sessions and this is, there's nothing, you know, no shame, no, nothing wrong for him doing it this way. He's a, he was a single guy at the time. He could do whatever he want, wanted. Um, he traveled the world doing engagement sessions, destination ones. Um, and he would spend all day long with his couples. Like they would meet them early in the morning they get some sunrise pictures. They would eat all the meals together throughout the day. Eileen and I like tried that sort of thing with our couples early on, you know, before we had kids and um, it's just like, yeah, it's cool. But really you can build good relationships with your couples without requiring them to spend the entire day with you. And like you have no time in your life for your own family or friends. If you're doing that with your clients go ahead and say goodbye to your real friends and (laughs) replace them with your paying friends. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that just a lot of us think, well, that's what the customer demands. They want more time. And what we forget is that by and large, almost across the board, uh, customers of our businesses, that's an expense for them. That's not added value. If you ask them to give you that much time, they're, they don't have that much time. You're asking them to to pay (laughs) to be part of this experience in a sense. So 20 minutes is just wonderful for um, kind of, uh, you can use it as a marketing tool um, to actually attract engaged couples who it's, you know, they don't have to have a lot of trust in you to give you 20 minutes and let you uh, introduce introduce them to your uh, wedding work Mm -hmm. uh, by having a first experience with you. It's an easy way to if you want to shoot seniors, uh, like what better way to create not just a senior ambassador program that has three or four ambassadors uh, who you hope will tell their friends about you. But you actually increase your chances as you multiply your ambassadors. Well, you can create a ton of ambassadors with many sessions because you can do them in just 20 minutes. Takes 20 minutes to create an ambassador with a whole portfolio to show and you can do them back to back throughout a day. Um, imagine like uh, many sessions for families, how valuable that is to the family because for kids that's all the attention span they have and we've actually done research on this which is really interesting um, and to see that one of the number one reasons that families uh, choose a uh, or, or resist uh, booking professional photography is the parents fear of being embarrassed by their own children uh-huh. so, so people think that Families just book a photographer because they want amazing work and they um, they love their photography. Uh, really, the reason that a parent will book a photographer is that they know that the experience is not going to embarrass them, uh, you know, in front of a professional photographer. So there's there's so many things, and it's not just kids, by the way. I think you know this, Raymond. Dads and grumpy grooms can be sure. the worst when it comes <laughs> they to can attention be. span. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like, get them at that high. Uh, it's amazing how much you can create in 20 minutes um, with when you have a set purpose and you're not just trying to create who knows what. You have a very set purpose, uh, what you're wanting to get in that portfolio during that time. And everyone leaves with a taste in their mouth that's good. Mm-hmm. They leave on a high and emotionally uh, that ex- experience in your brain um really helps create connection between you and the professional, the business you just worked with um, as opposed to walking away exhausted uh, and hating the experience and never wanting to return to that again. Hey, Raymond
1: here. We will get back to today's show in just a moment. Let me ask you, wouldn't it be nice to bring home an extra four or $500 a month doing something that you love? Well, you can do so with photography even if you have no intentions of leaving your job. What could you do with an extra few thousand dollars per year? Maybe take the family on vacation, invest in your future, or even pay for that dream lens. Am I right? You could do so shooting just one day a month. You don't believe me? Well, in my free step-by-step guide to getting your first client, I lay out the exact steps I took to get my first client and build my business. And I want to give it to you for free over at firstphotoclient.com. No matter how far you want to take your photography, you're going to get something out of this. You're going to get the step-by-step, plug-and-play, easy-to-follow process, absolutely free. Again, if you want it, just head over to freephotoguide.com and get started now. And with that, let's get back into today's interview. course so okay so we got the 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 fact that it's a short amount of time is really a benefit not only for you because you can do more sessions but also for the client because they know that they're going to be in and out they're not going to be exhausted in front of the camera they're not going to get worn out but then also because we can schedule them back to back now we have the flexibility to be able to get more photos right for our own portfolio and you mentioned there you know kind of being strategic about getting the photos that you need right get in there, get the photos that you need, and then that's it, right? So exactly. how do we know what are those photos that we need if we're just starting off? I mean, I don't know, I want people happy, right? Like is that is that all that we need in <laughs> a portfolio?
0: Just smiles? Is that it? Do you know it, well, not all you need, but that actually is just a natural side effect of cuz if you if they are happy, you see that energy Um, and and maybe even if you as an outside third party don't necessarily see it, I can tell you your clients know what is their authentic smile and what is their own fake smile. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if they really are genuinely having a ball and just high energy, that does actually improve, uh, the pictures, especially for, for the client who is, in my opinion, that's who matters the most, right? Who are we trying to impress? Um. But yes, to, to kind of follow up on that and go in, into this other direction that I think is really important. Um, yeah, there's you do want to have a clear vision of what you're creating. And a lot of us starting out in photography, portrait photography in particular, we're just so concerned about like, how do we keep the portrait uh, subject engaged? How do we make it look like we know what the heck we're doing? Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> that's a big thing.
0: And a lot of us were asked, we're asking our subjects like, Oh, I don't know. What do you want to do? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to do? And it's kind of like those three vultures at the end of the jungle book, right? Oh, I don't know. Don't stop that again. You know, your clients <laughs> don't want you to ask them. They want you to be um, the photographer. They want you to be the expert and lead them. They have no idea what they want to do um, in terms of posing locations. So for, for Eileen and me, many sessions is what really trained us in that skill um, even if we're shooting a wedding, uh, you know, we always try to schedule an hour with the couple for their creative couples portraits. And in a wedding day, that almost never really happens. We always yeah. almost, because we, because we tried to schedule an hour, we usually end up with about 20 minutes. And now we have so much confidence because we're like, we can create a huge body of work in 20 minutes because we've been trained in many sessions. This is what mm-hmm. we do. Um, and so just very practically, uh, part of that is, is knowing what your shot, um your shot types are going to be not necessarily a specific shot list but no hey listen for every location I choose I'm not just gonna keep shooting like oh this looks good I don't want to waste this so I'm just going to keep clicking uh, how many of us have sort of like oh we finally got a picture that works and I just keep telling this portrait oh yeah hold that hold that and I might go for five minutes just shooting that same picture over <laughs> and over again Yes. Um, because I don't it. want to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. We yes. all raise our hands at this moment. Right. Um, and so, and then we get into the editing later in Lightroom and we're like, okay, I just spent 45 minutes looking for the very best, most perfect version of one single picture because I have 200 of the same picture. I uh, see so we have to, minis help train ourselves out of that beginner's rut, uh, in that way. Um, you know, we know that if we have 20 minutes, we pick a location and we're going to focus on going tight, medium, wide. Um, instead of just getting one view of that location, we're going to we're going to maximize uh, the value of that space. So often you get really good lighting on your client and you, you love what you're looking at. Um, you know, get that get that wide shot. That's where a lot of us as beginners start out is we're like, we're comfortable standing far away from the client. Yes. so They don't hear us breathing heavily with our nerves. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we're going to stay at a distance and the scenery is beautiful. Um, you know, it's easier to shoot a landscape sometimes than it is to go in there and give direction. So we start wide. Well, knock that out. And then as Eileen would always tell me at the beginning, when I would get stuck in that place, you'd say like, Philip, move on, move on. It was good to have her at my side, like in my ear, mm-hmm. uh, even though I was leading the shoot most of the time, uh, she was in my ear as my little Jiminy cricket, like telling me what I need to do. So I would get in there medium, and, uh, and and create those like um, those crops that are almost more like a headshot, uh, getting those two thirds shots and have and being forced to give some direction and tell people to change it up like, oh, you know, if it's a couple, um, you know, that's so great. Just you can lean back into him. He'll be behind you and and kind of hold you in a snuggle. Um, but now I've got enough of that. So now I'm I'm close up medium let's actually have you guys turn into one another and just nuzzle noses a little bit, you know Um, now make sure you don't show me the back of your head, keep your noses turned out toward me. And, and it gives us, you know, this, this idea that we've got to keep moving and get variety Uh, forces us to put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation and practice those, those uh, posing guides. And then to, to get in there and then you don't change anything, make the most of this, location and the great lighting that you already found um, but still getting fresh images by going in there and getting just those really tight close-ups you know like uh, hey let's have you guys kiss but no don't no puckering it's not actually a real kiss this is a hollywood cinema kiss so i just want you to breathe through your lips just allow your mouth to stay open and just don't quite let your mouths touch those are the best kissing images there's no actual (laughs) kiss it's just the moment before it's that tension it's that the feeling right Because that's what images um, really expresses feeling so you you learn these things um, by creating variety in a short amount of time and learning how to maximize the setting Um, so during a mini session we might only have we might use three backgrounds right Um, but but the photography is no longer about the backgrounds like it used to be for me when I shot a full-length session Um, hunting around Um, you know, traveling in a car from this location to that location. And I use that as a crutch. Like we want to shoot amazing backgrounds. Yes. No, this many sessions forces you to make the portraits about the people and use some of those tools um, to nonetheless create an amazing amount of of variety. And the last thing I would say there is it's not just about posing when you have 20 minutes and you really want it to be about a high energy experience. um, Our favorite thing is to lead people through scenarios rather than a specific pose. So, um, you know, imagine, imagine that, uh, you know, you kids are, this is like on a family shoot, for instance, you know, imagine you kids are lost in the woods and walk across, walk around that bush right there. And then whisper to mom and dad, when I count to three, y'all come up out like, um, like goblins in the woods to pick up your kids and grab them and tickle them. And then I'll just, I'll actually just guide the kids through this imaginary world because their imaginations are already so strong and they're so ready to just laugh and giggle and create all kinds of natural expression. So I'm getting these great pictures of these kids who are wide eyed and they're imagining they're walking through this wood lost in the woods. And it's like, I don't have to tell them, hold your face in a serious way. Instead, I tell them to just feel an emotion and they they create that. And then I can say, now the goblins are going to get you. And mom and dad run out and tickle them. And they're of course not really scared. It's mom, dad. So they're laughing. And just this natural expression, so much variety and expression is possible as well.
1: There are two ways to bring home more money with your photography business. You either get more clients or you spend less of the money that you make. CloudSpot Studio helps you keep more of what you earn. With the lowest payment processing fees in the industry, the average photographer will save $300 annually. And that's just more money to invest in essential gear, like a new flash or a sweet camera bag. You know, one that is perfect for storing all of the wedding day snacks that you can pack. But it's not just about savings. CloudSpot Studio is designed to streamline your workflow. Easily organize shoots, send contracts, questionnaires, invoices. And you're really going to enjoy the hassle-free payments. So sign up for a free CloudSpot account at DeliverPhotos.com and... As a bonus, you're going to get access to my exclusive wedding and portrait contracts and questionnaires at no additional cost. Why let fees chip away at your profits? Empower your photo journey with CloudSpot and watch your business soar. First of all, I love how many Disney references we've now uh, made so far today. Oh, really? I think this is uh, number three or number four, so this is great. <laughs> yeah. uh, but We've I think been that... living on Disney
0: Plus lately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> haven't we all? Uh, I think now is the perfect time to kind of talk about the posing aspect because with minis, we really have such a limited amount of time. And if we want to make sure that we get the photos that we need for our portfolio, uh, it sounds to me there that, like, you're doing a mixture of – you know, um, I don't want to say hyperposed, but like very intentional direction versus more uh, you know just just giving kids a game to play to be able to interact and capture those kind of natural, candid moments. Uh, does that sound about right? and if so, kind of what is the what's the balance? Is it fifty fifty there, or is it split a different way?:
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. so, and this is something that um, we have a ball um, teaching when we do our, our actual mini sessions classes with students, whether it's in workshops or or more recently online. Uh, we don't always get enough time to talk about this because it's it's best learned, um, you know, in a video or in person and practicing. Yes. But but here's some ideas that you can really just practice and, and put into use. If there's one thing I'm willing to acknowledge I have a special skill at, it is child whispering. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just give myself a little pat on the back for that. Um, that is my one talent. It's be, you know beyond photography, so um, it really is important in the. And we won't talk just about families here. We can extend this out to your seniors, um, to couples, uh, and all these different types of sessions. But it, it really is great to sort of picture a child in this um, position initially. Uh, when you're when you're guiding children. The number one thing to remember in child psychology um, is that, especially at you know, especially at certain ages where they can actually walk and understand you anyway, they are testing limits of their autonomy. They're starting to realize, just in brain development, for the first time that they have a certain amount of. Um, that they can impose their will. You know, that's why we know about the terrible twos and oh that kind gosh. of uh, goes on for a few
1: years. I'm, I'm going on terrible fives now. Like this yes, is, we're, right. we're still going, yeah.
0: <laughs> so so what you as a photographer, as um, the guy in this experience want to be is, is not an authority figure. Um, because even if they like you, even if they kind of, they're just kids. They're naturally going to want to oppose the authority figure. So I want to put myself in the position of, a peer to some degree. Now I'm not going to act like a baby and let them run all over me. I'm just going to trick them. (laughs) So I'm just going to deceive the children. So what I want to do is when the family arrives, the first thing is um, I I don't go up and greet the parents right away. And, Oh, Hey, it's great to meet you, John and Linda. Thanks for booking our session. um, You know, with the blooms and are these your kids? Tell me their names. Like, no, I'm not. That immediately communicates to the kids what they're thinking is, okay, here's my mom and dad's peer. Here's an authority. Okay, time to see what we've got to oppose <laughs> mom and dad's and, and photographer's instructions. And instead, I immediately, I ignore mom and dad. I immediately run up and I've got the kids' names written down. You know, it's, it's uh, let's say it's, uh, who are the who are the kids on Mary Poppins? Oh, um, geez. Jane and Michael. Let's, <laughs> let's continue five. with the Disney theme. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. So we've got Jane and Michael. Um, like, oh my gosh, Jane, Michael, I'm so, I'm so excited to see you. I've, I've been waiting for you to come. I keep hearing how cool you are. Um, your mom and dad tell me how awesome you guys are. Can, can we, I've got some, some really cool games and adventures planned. You want to, you want to um, sort of go on an adventure and I'm down on one knee. I'm on their level. I'm, you know, reaching to shake their hands. And so we're at the pier. And the second thing I do is literally ask mom and dad to step back like you're not important here mom and dad i'll tell mom and dad mom and dad i have i have to tell jane and michael a secret but you cannot hear this so cover your ears um and this might seem sketchy to some mom and dads right but i've actually emailed the family you know after they book they receive a few nurturing emails to let them know what this experience is going to be like and they completely expect this so mom and dad step back cover your ears kids hey listen Don't let your mom and dad know. They think this is just a plain old boring photo shoot. And we're just going to say cheese and have to hold still. But actually, we're going to surprise your mom and dad and make them laugh like crazy. Can you help me? Will y'all help me with that? And I'm just so, you know, my enthusiasm will easily um, go over to them. I don't have to tell them specifically what we're going to do because what we're going to do is actually not that big of a deal. Right. It's something that a lot of you out there who are photographers already may do, but I'm building it up. So it's all in building the anticipations, just like a good screenplay, right? Um, and so, oh yeah, they're ready. And I say, okay, look, all you have to know is when I count one, two, three, then listen because I'll tell you what to do, and it's gonna be crazy. And I'll just do simple things um, after from that point on. I'll say, oh come on, mom and dad, we're just gonna take some boring old pictures. Don't worry. I was just telling them they have to be good and they are going to get disciplined if they're naughty. That's what I was telling them. And the kids are just giggling to themselves. Then I'll put the family in the perfect, I'll start out with that perfect location, that perfect pose that I want for above the family's mantelpiece. Like this, this portrait is going to be so formal and the kids are going to be so well behaved and I can get them to behave because now that I set them in this location, I say, now you stand here. I stand back with my camera And I just, I literally say out loud, like, oh, these kids would never do anything wrong. They would never surprise you. They're just such little angels. And I'll just keep saying stuff like that for, you know, one or two minutes Mm -hmm. while I keep getting tons of perfect pictures and they act like little angels. Like we always hope that our children and portraits would act because they're so, they're just sitting there. They can't wait for what's going to happen. So they're happy to be still. And it's like waiting to jump out and surprise someone. So that's how I – and I do that over and over and over again. Every time we switch location, I set up the perfect picture. I say, um, you know, just – just uh, this is – they're just so good and well-behaved. Nothing crazy is about to happen. I'll get all the good pictures I want, and then I'll say, one, two, three, attack mom and dad. You know, um, tickle, run away. Run away so your mom and dad don't catch you. I might want a picture of them running toward me and mom and dad kind of chasing them. I, I can always – as we call it in our, um, in our posing theory, we call it balloon posing because at the end of this sequence of, of posing, you always want to pop the pose. You create, mm-hmm. you inflate their egos, you create this perfect pose, and then you just pop it with wild candid pictures and mm-hmm. inevitably. So if you're thinking about variety that's the variety stuff. If you're thinking about business, I can tell you from, uh, you know, going on 14 years of experience, it's those candid pictures that are imperfect that will never win a print award that sell the best, that mean right. the most to the subjects who you're photographing as well.
1: So uh you know, thank you so much for sharing that. That is a very practical way that listeners can uh not only use on their own kids perhaps, but obviously get better reactions out of the kids uh or, you know, other subjects that they're photographing. Uh, but I want to talk about now, like, let's go ahead and transfer into that kind of business side of things. Because as we talked about earlier, like, it's very easy for people to get burnt out during mini sessions. Uh, not only because it they find out that it is a lot of work, but after all is said and done, it does seem like a very small amount of money. And I think the real big question here for a lot of people, once they realize, oh, this is a lot of work, is aren't minis essentially cannibalizing our own traditional uh, sessions that we, that we
0: sell every day. So uh, in general, typically they are right. So typically the way we market mini sessions is, uh, you know, so many hundred dollars, maybe it's $150 for, um, you know, for 10 digital images and that's a mini session and that's very typical around the world. Why is that the way that people price mini sessions? Is that because the mini sessions gods said that this is the way it has to be done? It's like the tenth commandment of mini session photography. Uh, no, we just, we do that because we look at the people around us. We you can hashtag mini sessions come spring or fall, and you'll see everyone doing the same way. And they're just looking at each other, copying each other's method. Yeah, um, and it's why it's people you know. People who have learned their lessons hate mini sessions because they just see this this virus continuing to grow. Um, So that does undercut your fooling sessions in the sense that people will just wait for your mini sessions. If it's, you know, kind of a bottom of the barrel offer, they know that they can just get what they actually need, which is a few good images. No one really needs more than 10 images. You know, sure, your fooling sessions might produce 200 images, but they're not going to use them all. They're going to use and look at over and over again over the years. They're eight or ten favorites. So you're already offering really all the product that anyone needs, and you're charging less. Um, and so people just wait on that, and it and it cannibalizes your your full link sessions. Now, if you distinguish your mini sessions in some very practical ways from full link sessions, um, however, then they can become basically more profitable in terms of, of the per hour profit that you're making as well as actually lead to full length sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're, if you're structuring your business, what I view as fairly, like no matter what genre we're photographing, whether it's a wedding or a portrait or a mini session, all of our print pricing remains the same. Um, A lot of most of our clients start at a mini session level with us and then they'll end up coming back to us for their senior photography. They'll end up, you know, when getting engaged, they come back to us for wedding photography because we started a relationship with them down at the minis level. Um, but they're never, they always have a, uh, every time they come back, it's like you go to your favorite restaurant, right? You know what to expect yes. uh, because it is consistent. Um, and so our mini sessions are not just free digitals included. Um, but rather it's print and products sold separately. And a lot of the the fear is, well, how do you sell print and products? And that's that's a that's a big conversation. But it's it's not rocket science. Um, just like any part of putting a you know classic business principles into place, they can sell themselves if you have the right menu, the right pricing structure, and marketing. But the beautiful thing about for us the mini sessions is that we actually book our mini sessions. Um, it's very easy. It's very much easier to book because. They're priced to stand out. Our mm-hmm. mini sessions, as far as the session goes, cost less than what any, you know, what any newbie photographer working out of the trunk of her car is mm-hmm. charging. She might charge one hundred and fifty, dollars hundred dollars. We might actually give our mini sessions away for free. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, we do that. Um, it's it's in the marketing world. It's what we call the uh, barrier to entry. Um, or a micro commitment. So there's certain barriers to entry where people don't want to part with $200 unless they really have a high degree of trust, um, for the product. And with photography, that's hard. You are by definition, you're not creating the product. They can't see what their pictures are going to look like until later, until after they pay until after you go through the whole process. So it really works against you in a photography business to require that much trust. Instead, if you lower that barrier to entry and, um, you know, charge very little or even give away sessions for free, now you can't just give them away for free to anyone, right? So you have to have a process of identifying where in your area are ideal clients and how can you reach them? And that's a whole conversation that we talk about in our class, which is mind blowing. Um, But once you reach out to people and, and give away these sessions for free or at a very low cost then they want to be part of the experience because they know there's no real risk to them. They're not going to lose anything. And in fact, you have to prove to them that they're going to love their product and then they'll pay for it. And then they'll be very happy to pay many times more for it because they love it so much once they see it. Right. Um, And they go away paying you a lot of money and really happy about it. And that's the amazing thing is the experience, um, you know, the, the joy our clients now, after implementing the system, walk away from our studio so much happier and thrilled, and and you know the word of mouth marketing is incredible. They they're so much um, more amazing ambassadors. Our clients are now that they're paying us more money, and it's because they always they actually value what they are paying for. Yeah, yeah. So essentially. Ca-
1: In a way, who cares if you're cannibalizing your quote unquote traditional sessions, because this way you're not only providing higher touch points by by delivering the service before somebody is paying for the final product. Is that is that right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the question is, like, what is a full what is a full length session? Like if someone pays you, uh, let's say that after their print order, they paid you eight hundred dollars for their mini session and you've probably grossed. I mean, prints don't cost that much. You've, you've probably grossed or netted almost that much. So let's Mm -hmm. say you've made almost $800 for every mini session you shot. Why do you want to go back to shooting families for two hours to make the same profit or less? I'm not sure. I enjoy shooting for shorter times and having happier clients who pay me more. Um, But that said there is a place in our studio and I think in everyone's for, for a full length session. Mm -hmm which is, and we, we book them a lot more now because we have a huge pool of people who have come through our mini sessions and who know our brand, who trust our brand. When they have a special event, a family, you know, family visiting, they want to get a big family picture with grandma and aunts and uncles. They want to do it at their home. They want to do it in their backyard because the location is special to them. Um, They've just moved into a new house uh, and they got our gift certificate from a real estate agent who we partner with. Um, and they have these special things that come into play. They want they want to do two outfits and mix it up. Well, all of those things are impossible during a mini session. Mini mm-hmm. session doesn't allow you to change outfits. A mini session says you come to our location because we're shooting these back to back. It's not us go to your location. Um, so when they have a need, we as a business want to fulfill that need. And so those special needs come up, then our full length sessions are the perfect answer to them. And it is 99% of the time, Uh, the people who have experienced our services as a a studio through minis who then call us up when those new needs arise and they hire us for the full-length sessions as well.
1: Right. And that barrier to entry is already low because you've already built that trust. Exactly.
0: The trust factor is now there.
1: That's awesome. So I think that we have to address the elephant in the room that is a global pandemic, you know, that we are hopefully at Coming to the tail end of, you know, right. I can cross right. my fingers here. Um, but right now, you know, one thing that is interesting is that a lot of photographers have realized we don't have to be in person to, you know, do the selling after the fact. We can do some of this virtually. So when it comes to, you know, sending photos over, when it comes to revealing a session to uh, a client and doing this virtually, have you found that this has been bad for business at all?
0: No. Yeah, actually, um, man, so many things just worked out. Um, yeah, Eileen's and my whole business uh, for more than a decade now has been based on the idea that we want to celebrate life. Uh, you know, the blessings, the good things in life. That's what we do for our wedding and family photography It's celebrating what what's good, what everybody aspires to the quality of life relationships And we want to heal lives where they're being destroyed. So the fact that our studio is successful means it's the fundraising arm. It can support our personal projects and our, um, you know, whether it's documentary film and photography, helping charities in third world countries, kids who live in slums, that's healing lives. Um, And I, I feel like this, so many things came together this last year where God was just giving us an opportunity to help more studios do that and impact the world even more broadly. Um, and I say that because this last year, um, I think the whole country, um, of photographers experienced, uh, uh, to a much larger degree, what Eileen and I experienced that second year in business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our, we didn't understand what was the point of life anymore. Like we had a, we had a, a nursery and all of a sudden no baby to put in the nursery. Yeah. We had a business that we had put two years of all of our time, energy and sacrificed our friendships for, and it was, it was going to fail. Um, And we had, we had to try this thing with a new genre of photography with many sessions and had to trust the process and it changed everything in our world. Um, This year we've seen, you know, we were teaching this process mainly to help people start up businesses for the first time and for people who needed to give their studios uh, a, a boost of momentum so we've been teaching this with partners like professional photographers of America and, and different places in a like a tour around the country. And then lockdown happened. And for the first time, it kind of forced us, even though we hate technology, <laughs> it kind of forced us to go and start sharing this information virtually. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, all these, especially all these wedding photographers um, who had just had 40, 30 weddings cancel. Um, and had no work. Um, they were like, what do we do? And we're like, well, l- let me tell you, for about eight years, we've been teaching photographers how to better diversify their businesses um, so that if one thing falls out from under you, whether it's a pandemic that cancels all your weddings or whether you just happen to have like five couples who break up before their weddings that year, there's no matter what's going on, having a one monoculture in your business, just one service you provide, is is in business terms dangerous yes um so whether it's a pandemic or not people experience that all the time and we were able to come in and all of a sudden hundreds of wedding photographers in particular were realizing hey i can make as much money shooting one family at a time safely in my backyard um where there's there's no safety concerns and there's no um there's nothing that, you know, any force or government or outside source has a problem with. And I'm free and I can mm-hmm. make as much money. I can replace my wedding's photography income. Um, and that that wasn't just like sort of an exciting, cool business thing. This year, it was like a save my family, save save us from being kicked out of our house yes, um, kind of thing. And so that's just been, it's just where the God allowed like, what felt like just the businessy side of what we do really blend even more into the, the, um, meaningful, uh, humane side of what we want to do. And so it was really, really awesome to see that.
1: So, uh, I think how does it, how does that transition though, you know, onto the, onto that second part, which is the, which is the selling, right? Because the, the first phase, Oh right. Is yeah. The... So
0: zoom, yeah, I have to say like, so zoom is one of those things, whether zoom or Skype or any of that, that we started practicing selling through um, way before many sessions even, because the first couple of years in business, a lot of our sessions, our weddings were overseas. So we were doing destination weddings. And we, we realized once we started selling prints, you can't do that to your overseas clients. You can't fly All over right. there to have an IPS session with them in-person sales. Um, and so we started practicing years and years ago how do we create a system where we don't have to sit in front of a screen with someone for two hours and try to sell to them while the internet glitches and they can't hear every second word we say? How do we? So, we actually have taught a system of selling online at conferences for years, and we've applied that to many sessions. So, even when we're not meeting our clients inside for in person sales, we're, most of our students are doing. Uh, their sales presentations. It's about a, the way we do it's about a 10 minute zoom meeting with your client. And then there's a, and then you hand over the responsibility to them with some very specific um, to do items that they have to meet by a certain deadline. And so it's just that, that process, you put it in their hands. um, You, you show up for that 10 minutes on zoom just to really personalize it and make it intentional and get them started um, and then what we found is the more we've refined that over the years, we have sales numbers that are as high as our in-person sales, um, which is it's thrilling to me because so many times we we're told that couldn't be done. Right. And, and it allows us to, you know, it allows us to spend 10 minutes with a client on Zoom, click off the computer, and then go upstairs and have dinner with our kids while they're placing their order.
1: Instead of having... A uh, couple come in for an entire hour where they're picking out, you know, whatever it is that they wanted. So that's great.
0: Exactly. It's, it's so a great trade-off.
1: I'm going to play devil's advocate here and ask, why not just send them an email then with the link to their gallery?
0: Yeah. So it all goes back to human nature and that's what successful businesses learn is uh, they study, you know, just as much as you have to study your numbers and know your camera, you have to know human nature, uh, marketing psychology, right? So one of the most important things to actually make business work, I think, as Russell Brunson says, is um, people don't buy products or services. People really don't. People buy offers. They buy offers. Um, and the, the number one thing is that your clients need help with more than having pictures. They need help with priorities, <laughs> like mm-hmm. all of us as humans. Uh, this is not like our, our clients are um, bad people who we have to. Be their life coach. Um, it's that all of us? The good businesses are the ones that help us put our priorities first and the things that must that are really important. So I, I as a photographer, even we hire a photographer every year to shoot our family portraits, just so we know what it feels like to be on this side of the camera. And they all operate their businesses in different ways, and we've learned from different things we've experienced. Um, every time as a, a photographer who just sends us an email and like your gallery's ready. This is my reaction. Oh, I'm so excited, Eileen. Look. We got a gallery. Oh, this is great. Oh, I can't wait to look at this. All right. Close the computer. Kids get in the van. We got to go. We'll look at this later. And then I put it off until who knows when I have a minute. Right. So that's just human nature. Um, and I'm someone like, if I were your client, I value the work you did for us and I still can't get to it. Yeah. And so what we do is we have to create, um, we have to create urgency in our businesses and we have to create responsibility. So we just create an appointment. You know, you schedule an appointment with someone, that gallery is not released until they meet with you on Zoom at that time because you're going to walk them through how to, how to use that. And it's a service. It's a value add that you're giving to them because you're going to save them the time of trying to figure it out on their own. And you're just going to take a few minutes and show them how it works. You're making life easy for them. They don't feel intimidated by some software that you're used to, but they've never seen. But ultimately, what you're doing in your own benefit is you're setting a time and saying, hey, look, the clock starts now and your gallery's going to expire in 48 hours. Here are the items you need to complete and I've just now given you the gift of momentum. You can get it done. So much different.
1: You know, I've never heard it kind of uh explained that way because w- when you lay it out like that, it seems easy. And I think our human nature is just, you know, we go out and we shoot and it's fun and it's fantastic. And then we're scared to put that art out in front of them and see that reaction just in case it's bad. So instead, we just just send them a link, right? Here you go. Enjoy. And then we hope that that's the end of the day. But the way that you described it there makes me feel like, what why would I ever do that? <laughs> like, it almost seems insane to, uh, uh, to think of that and not add some sort of personal touch. And obviously the way that you broke it down there makes it easy, makes it not super scary. You know, if we're only just spending a few minutes and then handing over essentially the tools to let them do the rest and, and to see that sales still continue to, to climb is, uh, it is great. So again, thank you so much for, for sharing that aspect. Absolutely. That was awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about now the, challenging aspects of minis, right? On top of time, you know, a amount of time on top of, you know, having all these photos that we need to edit and whatnot, like what is it about minis that, you know, causes so much overwhelm for new photographers and, and can be so stressful there in the beginning?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it is the kind of thing where you're you're all these new clients who you've potentially brought in, um, have every one of them has a unique personality. <laughs> And, um, and so if you don't have a system in place at first, you're going to get, let's say this is the first time you've tried this and somehow, you know, you've, um, if you're doing the minis, the old traditional way, and you're just basically undervaluing and underpricing. And so you get a lot of clients, um, and you're kind of booked up and you didn't have FAQs kind of already in place on your, um, website. You didn't have any automated emails set up to, kind of walk them through and prepare them and remind them for their session. Uh, Then we're going to have a certain, just math, you know, it just works out this way. Um, This way the universe revolves, right? Just mathematics says that some of your clients are going to forget about their sessions. Um, You're going to have people, no shows. Uh, You're going to have people who don't complete that online invoice and you're spending 10 minutes and then 10 minutes again because you didn't get a reply to that one, trying to remind people about things. You're going to have someone email to ask you about wardrobe and, and you're going to spend all this time writing an email to explain that to them and answering their specific questions. And then another person is going to write and ask the same thing and you have to kind of uh, customize or try to use part of what you wrote and write them. So you're doing all of these things in overlapping measure um, and really instead of maximizing your time, you are, uh, you're really multiplying the time that you spend and put in. You could literally, if you added up the hours, find that you are making pennies per hour (laughs) for all the time you put in, mainly in communication, right? Um, But when you have a certain, you have templates, um, you have a, a calendar of when this email goes out to everyone preemptively at this point in the process before people tend to ask, and you have all of those years of kind of experience of saying this is the way that the system is run Well, now you have a system, kind of like a fast food restaurant has a uh, a chain of uh, command, or a you know Henry Ford uh, invented the uh, the entire concept of the. um, It's not coming to me. The not the the chain of work, but like the
1: processes.
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of like I Love Lucy. Uh, trying <laughs> yeah. to put the candies down the <laughs> eating the candies as she puts them down the conveyor belt. Yeah. Um, but you have, you have that whole process that as, as some of my favorite mentors um, say is trust, trust the process, trust the process because we're all the time, you know, this is the human, this is the human nature on our side as business owners. Uh, we're all the time making decisions and responding to people with a lot of fear and lack of confidence in ourselves Um, and so we just kind of respond emotionally and and we choose to do something or not to do something, not to try it because it might fail out of, out of fear and, and concern. But if we trust the process, then we can, we can take every question that comes to us. And instead of looking at a question that someone sends our way, like, why are your prices so high? Mm -hmm. You know, I, Ooh, I didn't expect an, an eight by 10 to cost that much. Um, what, you know, what, how do you, why do you charge that? And instead of becoming defensive and thinking that every question is a criticism, we realize that questions aren't criticisms. Questions are simply a request for more information. And if we already have that information ready to go and, and hopefully we send it ahead of time, um, then that's, that's called nurturing. You nurture a client and most people are content as soon as you explain something to them. Um, and with that attitude of helpfulness rather than of defense
1: of course of course and then once again builds more trust if you can answer that question before the. all goes back it. to that yes i love it i love it um philip i i know that we have such a you know limited amount of time here on a podcast and many of us as photographers are very visual learners so can you share with us uh maybe where we can learn more about you and even potentially this this mini session model that you've built
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, so as I mentioned, we have been uh, working when we can't be with people in person at workshops, uh, touring, which is what we love. We just love being around people. Uh, We've at least learned how to do this really well uh, virtually. So we have uh, we've created a kind of a handbook, a really great downloadable guide to many sessions to, to get everyone started. There's so much to learn, but this is a really great foundation. Um, that you can just simply download. And the link, what I'll do Raymond is if you're able to add it into the show, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I'll, I'll give you that link. You can share it and uh, maybe mention it here in the audio and they can just go there, download that uh, ebook and get started. Uh, Find out about uh, if if we are God willing in the future uh, in their area to do actual workshops or um, if they're able to join us for an online workshop, uh, actually showing behind the scenes of all this, uh, then we we love to do that. Hopefully, that ebook helps a lot. I think that um, I always love talking with you, Raymond, because you have you're you're a listener, and you always have such a great grasp of the conversation at hand. It's always so much fun. So I think we covered a lot of ground today. I appreciate you so much, and appreciate everybody who just took the time to to listen. I hope you got something valuable.
1: Man, I truly love uh, their story from literally going to, you know, not even being being able to pay for garbage service, garbage pickup service, to, you know, now being where they're at today where they're shooting weddings, you know, all over the world, all over the country, and they're, they're making a living, a good living from their photography and traveling the country. Well, maybe not right now traveling the country, but, you know, traveling the country and educating other photographers on how they can do the same. Uh, it's truly amazing to see this happen, and what was so cool is to hear that, like, Pretty much all of that came from uh, mini sessions for them, and and building out a simple way for them to build their business that's going to be repeatable and going to be able to, uh, you know, bring in the income that they need to uh, to support themselves and their family, and not only that, but like give back and serve their community as well. So uh, I always love listening to to their stories and, and speaking with Philip. So Philip, if you're listening right now, man, thank you so much for everything. Now for the rest of you listeners, uh, as as i said in the uh, interview and as philip said he's going to give me a link to uh, so that you can download their f- ebook post to playful absolutely free. So i got the link right here which if you're driving don't worry i'm going to put the link in the show notes but if you're like at a computer patiently waiting for this you can download uh, your copy of their free ebook post to playful at bitly so that's bit.ly slash max minis one word max m a x m i n i s bitly forward slash max minis so when you sign up uh, and you grab that free ebook post to playful uh, which by the way i have and it's truly a fantastic resource you're also going to be getting information about an upcoming webinar that i will be hosting with the blooms on more of the business side that uh, maybe we didn't get into today, or didn't have time to really get in depth about today. Uh, All about, you know, maximizing mini sessions. Now, I mean, they've been They've they've built this course over the past few years. They have the experience, uh, and they have had thousands of uh, you know other photographers go through this course and totally change their business from you know like where do I start to you know here's this business in a box essentially uh, put all these things into practice and start making an income from their photography. So they have a webinar all about it that I'm going to be hosting with them. So when you sign up for that post to play ebook, you're going to be getting information about that as well. So so highly recommend that you go ahead and do that. That webinar that we're going to be hosting is going to be on April 15th. So, that is in if you're listening today when it comes out in uh, just over a week. And um, again, I'm going to be there. Uh, it's a good time. I've done this with them before. Uh, and all the comments are always, you know, so appreciative of how much they actually share uh, and how value driven it is. Like, you're not going to walk away from this thinking, oh, that was a waste of time. Like, you're going to you're going to walk away with with tools that you can put into your business uh, right away and start generating an income from mini sessions. So again, if you want uh, information on the webinar, or if you just want the ebook, head over to Bitly. So that's b i t . l y forward slash Max Minis. M a x m i n i s. And one last time, the link will be in the show notes. If you're driving, or you're at the gym, or you know whatever it is right now, uh, for you to click on and download there. So that is it uh, for this week. Until next week, I want you to you know keep shooting. I want you to stay safe. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Thank you for listening to the Beginner Photography Podcast. If you enjoy the show, consider leaving a review in iTunes. Keep shooting, and we'll see you next week.